0: Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am honored to be joined by Bradley and Taz with the Boulder Denim Company. Guys, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thanks for having us, Roy. Yeah, thanks for having us here.
0: All right. So Boulder Denim 2.0, the performance jeans revolutionized. So you guys are Kickstarter creators. This is your second Kickstarter campaign. You guys launched version one of the product back in the end of 2015. I had 600 plus backers raised over 90,000 for it. And now you guys have come back to Kickstarter again to launch version two. Let's talk about where this all started. What inspired you to create Boulder Denim?
2: It started when Taz and I both started climbing. And we were, I actually started climbing about four months before Taz did. And finally, he came to visit me in Toronto when he was living in Arizona. And we climbed for the first time together. And he was wearing these like raggedy gym shorts. And I was wearing these raggedy yoga pants that I would tear through on a monthly basis And we were kind of laughing at what each other were wearing. And we're like, why aren't there any stylish climbing pants out there that look like regular pants? And when we couldn't find anything out there, we decided to start from scratch, starting with the fabric and making it ourselves. So it started off as a selfish product to make the product for ourselves. And we needed $15,000 to get the minimum order in to make the jeans for ourselves and our family and friends kind of blew up from there. So we didn't really expect it to do as well as it did.
0: So hence the name Boulder, right?
2: That's right. Not to be mistaken from Boulder, Colorado, which everyone thinks.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that was my inclination as well as when we met at the outdoor retail show is that you guys were from Boulder. But then I was corrected that you guys are Canadian, eh?
2: <laughs> that is true. From <laughs> Vancouver, BC. I like to think we don't have as a strong accent as our friends out in the East. Yeah, we are
1: definitely Canadian.
0: And you guys are a couple awesome, nice guys as well. So you carry that with you as well.
1: Thanks, Ray. It's very
0: sweet of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the name of the show. Um, so you guys have version two active right now. We've got less than two weeks left to go, but we've doubled the amount of backers on the campaign, more than doubled the amount of funding on this campaign. So obviously it's been a success. Let's talk about what you've done differently leading up and running version two than you have of version one. What are some of the things on the marketing side that have put you in such a great position from version one to version two? What are some of the things that you guys have learned?
2: I mean, one of the biggest things is we have a following now before we had no following. So we kind of got our current customers super excited about the new 2.0 and the new washes and they've been waiting for it for a while. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things we've done. But we held a lot of collaboration contests as well to build up a big email list. And just got people excited about the jeans in the months leading up to it with not really giving much away, but just doing little sneak, sneaky, mysterious shots and whatnot. And that that really helps.
1: Yeah, we also did a survey, too, with all our previous backers and customers, kind of giving a little hint that we're going to be launching 2.0 and what they wanted to see in in it. And uh, that definitely generated a lot of interest and excitement and questions
2: yeah essentially we, we gave people what they wanted whatever people said in the survey and we took like with the most popular request and we, we put that in the color request we put put that all into our Kickstarter campaign so it's stuff that the people asked for and then obviously working our first campaign we didn't do any digital marketing and this time working with you guys uh, it really helped us as well and we actually hired a PR team as well and they've got us some big publications in Bicycling Magazine and Gear Junkie and all, and all that so it's it's helped on both ends having a digital marketing company to work with, and then having a, a PR company to work with.
0: Nice. So let's talk about version one. Then, what did you do to lead up to that campaign to make it, you know, a success? Or, you know, what were some of the things that you did there when you had absolutely no following? What were some of the, you know, growth hack things that you did potentially to get it to that point?
2: A lot of it was done through Instagram, where he would follow anyone that like targeted our hashtag climbing or outdoors adventure we would follow them and like their photos and hope they would follow us back even though we had no photos posted but we actually got a decent following that way and then we also held a rewards program where we actually gave people free hat carabiner t-shirt or even a pair of jeans if they signed up to be notified when our kickstarter went live so for every person that they're signed up under their link they would earn a new reward, and that really helped us. We collected about 700 emails, and they were pretty warm emails because they were people that were waiting to be notified when it launched for the early bird deals. And we did a very similar campaign this time around as well.
0: Nice. So let's talk about your campaign video. Um, You drastically improved the overall quality from version one to two. What are the things that you guys learned there? And, you know, what was the overall process of getting that set up and deciding what to and not to include in the video the second time around?
2: Yeah, actually, I really like our first video. It's like very artistic. And our videographer did a great job. This time we went more of like a feature based video where like every few seconds there was a new feature being told and it was less artsy in a way. But looking back, I don't know, I'm juggling whether like our new video or old video better. So
1: (laughs) well, you like the increased revenue, don't you? Yeah, we like revenue. So that's fair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you guys hit your campaign goal on day one, what outside of the the basic stuff of, you know, your following was built and everybody, you know, had some input there. Was there anything else that you think was responsible for that great success on day one?
2: Part of it was we launched at outdoor retailer, which was kind of a unique thing to do. And we had, a, we had a big launch party the, the first night at Outdoor Retailer, gave away free beer. And we did a Kickstarter Live video, which they didn't do Kickstarter Live videos back when we first launched. So that was kind of cool to be able to interact with people while they were backing our project. And yeah, we hit our goal within like 18 minutes or something like that. So that was really exciting for us.
0: Did you guys do any prep for Kickstarter Live? You know, what what should other creators know before they do their own Kickstarter Live?
2: Yeah, the first time we did didn't we didn't really know we barely knew what it was and then we continue to do kickstarter lives throughout the campaign and it's helped a lot you want to like make sure you let your backers know that you're going to going to be live and schedule kickstarter lives so people actually know it's going to happen so that was the biggest thing
1: and test the technology too because our internet connection was too slow the first time and it didn't work as we expected it to Yeah, that will
0: uh, happen, right? Test for contingencies. So let's talk about your experience with your backers so far. I know you talked about, you know, after launching version one, you really engaged them and got them to give you feedback and tell you exactly what they wanted. And now it looks like, you know, they're responsible for, you know, obviously continuing to purchase your product on version two because they love version one so much. But also, it seems like you gave them a hand in terms of, you know, how to shape this product or the future products that you guys create. Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the community has been huge for us. And we essentially take that as what people want. And if they want it, we realize that other people will want it, too. So we've been really engaging with our community. And actually, halfway through our campaign, people women were complaining that there was no jogger slash Chino hybrid for women. And so we asked people, do you want the women's one? And we got like tons and tons of emails and messages. And we realized that we should probably release it. So halfway through the campaign, we did a Kickstarter live. And then we announced that we are releasing the women's jogger slash Chino as well, which we're really excited about. And we didn't realize that people would want it. But that's one of the things that's great about Kickstarter and listening to the community and what they ask for absolutely
0: so what's the biggest thing that you've learned throughout the whole process of now launching two campaigns on kickstarter
1: it's all about pre-promotion and if you're looking to generate pledges after you've already started it's way too late the more legwork you put on the front end of your campaign the more successful you're going to be and your initial success in like the first couple days is a huge predictor of how well you're going to do so yeah definitely like the more prep you can do the better you're going to do overall yeah.
2: That rewards program that we did, is uh, I recommend it to anyone that's launching a Kickstarter campaign. It's a great way to collect emails that are warm. It really helped for both campaigns. And I think that was the biggest reason for our success the first time because we had no following, really. And we still did 90,000 in sales. So.
0: so you guys are on a road tour right now. And that, I guess, happened after version one. Talk to our audience about what that's all about.
2: Yeah, well, we, we joked halfway through the campaign, how much would we need to do in sales on Kickstarter to be able to buy an Airstream, turn it into a showroom, and tour the country and climb in all these epic places and demo the jeans at all these places. And we were like, oh, we probably need like a half million dollars. And we never hit that goal. And it was like an unrealistic dream for us. But then we pitched it to our manufacturer, who actually became our partner now. And they love the idea that they funded the whole tour. So we've been on the road for the past 14 months doing pop-up shops, meeting with retail buyers. And kind of hyping up the Kickstarter project as well. So it's been a lot of fun. We've been to every major city now in America, except for in Alaska and Hawaii. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to Canada now because we haven't, we've kind of did all of America and we've been leaving Canada behind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Today's actually our last day in the U.S. for about a month. So you caught us on a good one. No, we're kicking you out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what, if anything, would you do differently if you were starting version two all over again?
1: Ooh, good question. <laughs> Honestly, Roy, I
2: think it's perfect. I would, I would even go in and say like having a company like you to, to work with us from the very, very beginning before we launch probably would help us a bit more as well. And that's something we wanted to do, but I don't know why we didn't jump into it right away.
0: Well, it's serendipitous why we met and now we've been able to help you guys out and you know, the campaign's seen great success. So it's been uh, obviously an honor to work with you both.
2: Yeah, awesome. likewise. It's been a lot of fun.
0: So after you m- remove yourselves from the United States, where are you guys headed next?
1: Ontario for the next two weeks, then we're going to be going through Quebec all the way towards Halifax and Atlanta, Canada then we'll be doubling back to montreal there's a big climbing festival or a competition um at the block shop and then we actually come back into the states for about a month for two big climbing festivals before we head west again back to the west coast for the fall and winter
0: killer guy you guys spend a lot of close quarters together don't you we We do do.
2: (laughs) luckily we have different sleeping quarters otherwise that would be horrible
0: (laughs) i get it you're gonna climb out of bed there you go all right well we have officially reached the launch round where bradley you drew the short straw and you get all the questions are you good to go
2: yeah let's do it
0: so what inspired you to be an entrepreneur
2: my family and my since as a little kid i was doing lemonade stands on the on the driveway so i've been a bit of a serial entrepreneur family business runs in the family so if
0: you could rock climb with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Any
2: entrepreneur? Man. Elon Musk.
0: That would look funny. What would be your first question for Elon on the side of the boulder?
2: On the side of the boulder. I would probably say, are you scared? Because he seems like a confident person in the tech world, but I want to see him on the, on, the, on the wall.
0: That would be interesting. So who did you look up to when you were growing up as a kid?
2: My dad and my uncle.
0: Since you've been to most U.S. cities, what's your favorite city in America?
2: Uh, Everyone asks me that, and that's a really tough one. One of my favorite cities was Asheville, North Carolina.
0: Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful country around there. What business book or life book would you recommend to our audience?
2: The Tipping Point.
0: Good read. Where do you see yourself in five years?
2: Sold Boulder Denim onto the next venture.
0: All right. Last question, Bradley. What does the future of crowdfunding look like?
2: Uh, it is the future. And I think more and more businesses will be launched on Kickstarter. And it's a great thing for anyone to be able to start their business and follow their dreams without needing capital. And I think in we're in a, going into a gig century where everyone just does gigs. And I feel like the whole entrepreneurial world is, world is changing with crowdfunding. And it's amazing to be part of it.
0: Awesome. You guys rocked it out. This is your chance to give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check out Boulder Denim.
2: Boulder Denim is a performance denim originally made for climbing, but we realized that very small percentage of our customers are actually climbers. They're super stretchy. They're durable. They repel liquids, stains, chalk, red wine. They don't stain. They don't smell, so you can wear for months on end. They're the perfect travel pant because you can bring one pair of pants with you, and that's all you need. There's a hidden zipper pocket and we ethically produce them as well. You can go check us out on Kickstarter right now. Our bolderdenim.com slash Kickstarter will take you there as well. Awesome.
0: Well, Bradley and Taz, thanks so much for being on Art of the Kickstart. Audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign and everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. And if you like this episode as much as I did, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes Bradley and Taz thank you so much for being on Art of the Kickstart
2: thanks for thanks Thanks for
0: tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart the show about building a business world and life with crowdfunding if you've enjoyed today's episode awesome make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it there you'll find additional information about past episodes our Kickstarter guide to crushing it and of course if you love this episode a lot leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.